Hello and welcome to this week's Mouth of the Tyne podcast with the Shields Gazette. Uh, I'm Liam Kennedy. I'm joined today by fellow Ecastle United writers, Miles Starforth, and a return, a return <laughs> to the podcast for Jordan Cronin. How are you guys? I'm all right, thanks. Uh, just about recovered from the weekend. I don't know about you two. Um, I was I was all over the place yesterday, coming to terms with the, that uh, that game. But uh, anyway, here here we are. I'm uh, re- ready to go. Yeah, the, the company of, of Liam and me cans of Galahad got me through Saturday night. Um, carried into carried into Sunday as well. Um, yeah, Miles, we did. We 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 turned the watch party into a bit of a drinking party in the end. We ended up having a few cans and bottles to get me through that game. It's a shame that you couldn't uh, couldn't join with. <laughs> well, I, 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 I did. Uh, Brighton, to be fair, had cups of tea laid on, so uh, which is more than we get at St James's Park. So. Uh... I had to make it until till later on, but uh, yeah, I could have, I could have done with something stronger to be in all honesty. But uh, yeah, so we're, we're just a couple of days after that uh, non-event on the south coast from an Newcastle United perspective, and also the non-event of the sacking that everybody thought might come. There was a possibility everybody believed because of the nature of the defeat. I'll come to you first, Miles. It was it was it, it, it's been quite an incredible um, past forty eight hours. I don't know if you want to talk. Talk us through, like I say, the events and the non-events. Well, let's let's go back a bit. I think the messaging has been clear up 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 to the Brighton game. Bruce is, is safe. He's retains Mike Ashley's back in. Um, that's been fairly consistent, and I know you've been hearing the, the same same kind of message as me. Yeah. Um, so we get to Brighton, and, and we spoke about this last week. I, I didn't. Wasn't optimistic about a win, I'll be honest, without Wilson, um, some maximum. And, and obviously there was a big doubt about Amiram, but he played. Um, I, I thought the game had a draw written all over it. Um, but then what we saw was was very, very different to that. Uh, that there was, It was so one-sided. And this was against a team that had won once at home all season. So in that sense given the manner of the defeat not just the defeat the manner of the defeat you thought some you know you felt something would change and um, you almost sensed it sense something had changed something that things had kind of come come to a kind of a point where there would be a change yet uh, on, on sunday morning it quickly became apparent that uh, bruce is safe in his job there would not be a managerial change there wouldn't be a case of him stepping aside graham jim stepping in stepping in or another manager coming in, taking charge to the end of the season, which I found extraordinary. Um, I'd wrote on Saturday night uh, that his position was untenable. I know other writers have taken a similar view and, and, and called for change. Of course, we don't make those decisions, but in any manager's time, there were, there were kind of these defeats, these results, which are significant, that change things, that bring things to an end. You, you know, you look at McLaren and his time, and managers have been sacked for for for, for far less um, than than that. Yet Sunday morning, yesterday morning, Bruce is safe. Mike Ashley thinks he's the man to get the club out of trouble. He 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 points to his his experience. Uh, he likes his passion. He's got obviously he's got a good relationship with Steve Bruce. He thinks he's you know he's a good football man. And um, there's clearly we can go through this flaws in in his thinking, but that's that's. The decision, um, and that's where we stand today, ahead of the, the two-week international break, which obviously is a, a natural 
naturally a, 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 a good point to, to make a change. Really angers me that, Miles, when we, we hear those kind of noises coming out of the football club. And we know Mike Ashley values the experience of Steve Bruce, the experience. It really does grind on me that because you look over that experience and we're not talking about a manager who's had success in his career. Success has effectively been just keeping teams in the division or promotion races, or it's mostly been failure in this 980 odd games or thousand games or whatever that Steve Bruce has been a, a football manager. It's infuriating to think that that that's the level, but it's not unexpected. I think any decision that's going is uh, being taken at the moment. It, it's not unexpected. This is Mike Ashley's Newcastle United. It's pretty bad for Mike Ashley's Newcastle United, but it's kind of what we've been conditioned to expect, expecting mediocrity. Um, ex- and, and Steve Bruce is, is a symptom of that. He's not, Steve Bruce isn't the, the, he's a symptom of the disease. He isn't the root cause. Mike Ashley is the root cause of all this and the way that he runs a football club. Now I find, I find the decision to keep him absolutely baffling. I see that there is method in their madness, but it has to be underlined. This is absolute madness hanging on to a manager who's won two games in 18 Premier League games, two games in 20 in total. I think most normal thinking football clubs would have looked back to the start of this run and seen the game at Brentford and seen really seen the, the alarm bell should have been ringing around that time because that League Cup campaign was an absolute red herring. You had the likes of Miles, you were there. You had Newport, which was absolutely grim. You had the, the anomaly that was Morecambe. Um, but Newcastle were rubbish in that in that League Cup campaign. They were terrible, but they got to a quarter final, and he's almost lived on that. Last season, it was the man got a Man City in the FA Cup quarter final with a couple of decent wins. The West Brom was rather exciting and, and things like that. But Steve Bruce has, has been able to live to a point on these cup runs because everything else has been absolutely terrible. I go back to the performances since I think. The small bump in performances in the whole of the two years has been that mini period in the first lockdown. Newcastle United managed to win enough and pick up enough points to keep themselves in the division with a little bit of a barrier last season. But the alarm bells have been going since before that, that things weren't right. They just haven't been seen. It's been accepted that that this is okay. Um, Fans take a lot of criticism and it's been so schizophrenic, the media, the mainstream media. I'm talking about your talk sports. I'm talking about your five lives. All these kind of things that the, the pundits who sort of creep out from under the woodwork, they've been so schizophrenic. At one minute they're saying Steve Bruce is doing a good job. Danny Murphy was one that was called out recently. Oh, what do Newcastle fans want? He's so good. He's doing such a good job. And then all of a sudden, actually, I might be wrong here. I've maybe called this wrong. Fans have been consistent. And for me, fans take a lot of criticism, but fans know a football club and they know what they're seeing. They're not daft. Then they've been being sold down the river effectively with this with uh, this Steve Bruce football, Bruce ball, the results, um, these um, sort of false cup runs, the false league positions they've found themselves in at times because the football has been rubbish. The stats have been terrible. Every metric you can measure Newcastle United by, they've been one of the worst in the Premier League consistently for two seasons now. It's not just been something that's come along recently. The one thing that's run out for them is they were able to fluke results. They've not fluked the result for a long time now, and it's showing. It's really showing. This is the this is the the run that we're on. Jordan, I don't know what your thoughts are on on the decision itself to keep Steve Bruce because I know we spoke on Saturday. Anybody who didn't see the watch party out there, give it a watch back. It's well worth it. 
Um, you'll find that on on Shields Gazette uh, website. You'll also find it on uh, Twitter um, and Facebook as well, the various accounts. But you talked a lot about saying you've gone well past the point of of sacking on Saturday night. And do you still stand by that? Are you shocked by what you you read on Sunday morning with the news that that Steve Bruce will be kept on? Uh, I wouldn't say I was shocked, unfortunately, because I, just, I think it just epitomises the Mike Ashley era. Uh, era. You've, you've got a perfect opportunity to to get rid of a manager and have two weeks to try and get someone in, or maybe you know give Graham Jones, as I'd suspect it would be, the lead role to try and get something into these players. Um, I do. I find it absolutely baffling that the man is that Mike Ashley is standing by Steve Bruce. He cited his loyal and passion for the for the club. Uh, I don't know why he's why he's seen that because it does, certainly doesn't come from his from his post match interviews. Um, up there, probably the worst I've seen from a from a Newcastle manager. Um, Steve Bruce doesn't breed the fans' confidence, and he clearly doesn't breed the players' confidence. That performance against Brighton, a relegation rival, was I think the players putting out a statement saying we don't want you to be here. People are, make, are making a big deal saying, you know, Brighton are uh, a good side. You know, they're not. Um, yeah, they play good football, but it, as Miles said earlier, they played one game, won one game at, at home all season. Um, so I just, yeah, I find it absolutely crazy that he's, he's still in the job. And I said on Saturday, and I'll stick I'll stick by it now, if, if he is to stay in charge the end the season, Newcastle United will definitely go down. Uh, I know you've got the likes of Wilson and St. Maximum coming back, which could potentially... Well, will give you a boost, but I just think it's it's absolutely run its course. The players aren't playing from the fans don't want him there, and I just question if Steve Bruce is the Newcastle fan that he says he is and he cares about the club. Why on earth he won't walk away? Because no one no one wants him there. It's it's the harsh reality of it. No one wants Steve Bruce in Newcastle night anymore. He has. It does seem to have really run out of friends. He had some friends in the seem to have friends in the squad. Seem to have fr- he's has got friends in the boardroom, um, but he seems to be running out of. Of sort of friendly faces at, at the football club. Miles, I'll come to you on this one. Does has he lost the dressing room? Has he lost the players? Because that kind of performance on Saturday looked like he had. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there were there were issues on the pitch, and there's obviously issues behind the scenes as well. And um, as you say, that performance suggests he's lost lost the players, or at least a lot of the players. Um, there's obviously been, uh, you know, the the well documented uh, row with Matt Ritchie. Uh, there are obviously other players in that in that squad that uh, where his relationship uh, um, doesn't have a good relationship with. Um, let, let's put it that way. Um, we saw the reaction uh, of uh, Andy Carroll and Dwight Gale after they didn't get off off the bench at the Amex Stadium. Um, you know, we can have. Um, Joining the dots, as it were, um, about what's going going on behind the scenes. But uh, yeah, that that performance suggests he has 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 lost the dressing room. Uh, I'm sure he has one or two two allies still in in that dressing room, but uh, it doesn't paint a, a good picture. Uh, and if if this club is to stay up, you need you need everyone pulling together. Uh, you need you need the players believing in what the manager and what he's trying to do, listening to what he says. Um, and putting in those extra yards from on the pitch, um, and we're not seeing that at the minute. One one thing that you've been particularly vocal about on Twitter, Miles, is is the <clears throat> the relation, not not necessarily the relationship between manager and the long staffs and Anderson, but the the selection decisions. 
it seems a very, very strange one to me. And, and again, we may digress slightly off the Bruce topic, but to have kept players like Matty Longstaff and Elliot Anderson, who are really crucial points in their career, um, to, to have kept them and then not even send them on a flight down to Brighton. They're Geordie lads. They understand what it means. They bleed black and white. They want to play for this football club, but can't get a look in. We see the likes of Elliot Anderson. You know, there was talk by some, maybe rumours, may not be rumours, that he was being looked at by uh, Steve Clark as a potential for, for a Scotland call-up. He's been, he's been called up to the England under-19 squad. This is a type of lad that, that, that has got to be worth a little shot. Matty Longstaff played three games, looked a very, very tired player in that final game against Leicester. Gets called out by some fans not having the pace. That's not that. That was really unfair on him. I thought he, he pr- produced solid, solid performances in those three games when he was thrown in from the cold, really bizarrely by Steve Bruce. And this is before we even get onto the treatment of Sean Longstaff, who we know has had issues there behind the scenes. What do you make of those those three not really getting opportunities? We did see Sean Longstaff come on for for some kind of token ten or five minutes at the end of that defeat on Saturday. But what about the other two? What, we can see the issues there with Sean Longstaff, but why keep Matty Longstaff and why keep Ellie Anderson if you're not going to use them? Good good question. I don't really know the answer, but uh, Steve Bruce a week or two ago was asked about uh, Elliot Anderson and, and his answer was actually quite revealing. He said um, he's going to lean on experience, uh, you know, suggesting this wasn't, you didn't want young players in and around or in, in, in the team at uh such a such an important um, time for the club, and there's some truth to that. As far as Anderson Anderson's concerned, he's 18. I wouldn't want an 18 year old centre half, an 18 year old goalie, an 18 year old fullback, or even an 18 year old defensive midfielder. But an 18 year old on the bench who's got is a supremely talented 18 year old who can come on and play in a full position as a 10 or. Um, an attacking midfielder, he's got to be in the mix, surely, in these coming games. I think we need some freshness. We need some fearlessness. Experience has got, got us into this mess. Um, and what this club is crying out for is, is is some freshness in that final third of the pitch. So Anderson, for me, is should be, you know, in the thinking, not suggesting he should be starting every week, but he's got to be in the thinking. So it's a little bit odd that we've not seen him on the bench. As for Matty Longstaff, the situation baffles me. I think he did well when he came into the team, considering he hadn't played any football because of his injury. Um, we know Graham Jones wants to, to play a pressing game, pressing high up the pitch. If you think back to the Everton game, which they won, which was Jones's first game as an assistant coach, they pressed high and they pressed hard and they ran and they ran and they ran. And Matty Longstaff is surely perfect for that system. One thing, he, he's a good footballer, but he's a very, very good athlete as well. And again, he's not on the bench. It it last season Steve Bruce would talk about his contract dispute. You know, it's just he, he said he lost weight as well, but he looked fit. Um, you know, as I said, he's an athlete. He looked fit. He he, he quickly uh, slotted in over Christmas, and then he was out of the team. And he's been out of the team ever since. It 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 it's baffling to be honest. I think he's not even on the bench, and um, and he surely should be ahead of some of the the midfielders uh, that we're seeing getting minutes on uh, on the pitch at the minute. The way I look at it uh, is good managers can start fires in dressing rooms, but they've also got the got the ability to put them out as well and be able to sort issues. And, and I think there's just been too many issues that have been allowed to fester in this Newcastle United dressing room. And when he's had when Steve Bruce for me has had a call upon certain elements within his squad, he's not had it there. We see the problems with Dwight Gale, Andy Carroll, 
Jordan, do you think do you think Andy Carroll, say for example, um, who came on against Wolves, it was only on a few minutes, but did have an impact, flew in with a tackle, was a threat in the area, just sort of really caused problems. Again, another who who bleeds black and white, he wants to be involved for this football club. He moved up here back for a reason. He wants to be involved for Newcastle United. And a Dwight Gale, who who obviously has got his own issues, is out of contract this summer, but can score goals, hasn't been uh, hasn't really been fairly treated this season with regards to minutes and things like that, especially when goals have been so hard to come by. But do you see the frustration? And do you see any value in potentially bringing one of those two into the team in the final weeks of the season? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd bring bring both of them in. But as, as long as Alan, uh, Alan St. Maxim and, and Callum Wilson are out, you need, you need to change the system. Uh, if you're going to put an Andy Carroll and Dwight Gale in, in this current system with the split forwards, then you might as well not bother. Um but this is this is where we talk about pragmatism and things like that. The system really, without your three key front men, should have been changed, uh, and it wasn't. You know, we're we seeing Dwight Gale came on, uh, played two games. I think on the one on the right, one on the left, didn't have an impact. That's no fault of his own. That's because he's an out and out number nine. He likes to get in the box. He doesn't want to be on the wide areas, one in the channel. Uh, so yeah, Andy Carroll for me, as you say, bleeds black and white. You can see on uh, every time there's a cutaway shot of the bench how frustrated he is and how much he wants to be out there. Uh, we're seeing the impact he had against Aston Villa when he came on. Same with Jacob Murphy. There's absolutely no harm in, in putting them in. But ultimately, with Steve Bruce, he makes the point that he that would mean changing the system. He doesn't want to do that. And ultimately, that just sums up sort of Steve Bruce's management at the minute that he, he's not willing to try and change things uh, when things are things are going so wrong. It's almost like right, Graham Jones has came in with the system. We'll just stick with it. And perhaps maybe in Steve Bruce's mind, just let Graham, Graham Jones take the fall. Miles, I'll come to you on that one because Jordan makes a point there about pragmatism with regards to system. We've spoken at length on here previously about, about the want for an identity and, and we called for it for so long. And Newcastle managed to find a small identity in the way that they played and the approach that, that they take. And that seems to have even gone out the window at the moment. But we, we gave Graham Jones some credit for the changes that were that took place when he first came to the club in late January, when late mid-January when he came in. It was quite stark, the difference in approach and, and formation and system. Should Graham Jones take some criticism as well as Steve Bruce now? Now this system, which they don't seem to be able to tweak or change. We've seen managers such as Graham Potter and others tweak things during games, change systems, change ways of moving. To me, that's because they're coached that way and they can move from system to system because it's what they've done on the training pitch. Do you think there is a bit of criticism that can be levelled at Graham Jones now? That, that Newcastle United have been so stuck almost in their ways of this identity. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think some of the criticism should be pointed to him. It's it, it's been too inflexible, really. It 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 worked. There was an improvement um, in performances, and and there was two wins, of course, in that first little run of games. So the club looked, you know, as though it was maybe turning a corner. Obviously, the injuries have have had a big big impact on that. Um, so uh, so that yeah, I, I I would agree with that. Um, one thing that's interesting to to me is that you know we know Graham Jones is in charge of the bulk of the preparations on the training pitch, but Steve Bruce picks the team, and you can't help be curious about any any kind of um, any tensions or, or, or whether they're both singing from the same kind of song sheet in terms of the personnel on that on that uh, team sheet. 
Steve Bruce is the manager. He picks the team, but he's not uh, not doing the bulk of the preparations or in terms of the tactical work. Uh, that's kind of fallen um, on Jones's lap since he's arrived. So I, 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 I'm kind of curious about how that relationship works and how they, uh, how well, how well it's working. In because if James wants, uh, if Jones, sorry, uh, wants a player to, to to start in the system, and, and and that's a player that Bruce doesn't want to start, it's obviously Bruce's call, isn't it? Uh, so, um, I'd, it would be interesting to, to 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 know more about that relationship. And obviously, we, we don't get too much time with, with Steve Bruce at the minute, so we haven't explored that. Uh, too much. That's been one of the big things about this this lockdown period is that just the normal relationships, the normal connect you would get with a with a manager, the, the type of question and the uh, the probe and the accountability just hasn't really been there with the, the nature of the press conferences, Zoom calls, um, hands up in meetings, hands down very quickly has been the case with Miles uh, and others um, in the press pack. Jordan. Where does where did Cassinetti go from here? I mean, it looks to me like like Steve Bruce is going to be the Cassinetti manager, come what may. Is it just going to be a case of they've just got to be better than Fulham? Because Steve Bruce has long consistently gone back to this idea of six or seven teams being involved. We mentioned it, we joked about it on Saturday. I think he's including the Cassinetti under twenty threes and, and Norwich in that. He's got to be because I just don't see where I don't see where these six or seven are coming from. Um, but it's probably gone from a three-horse race. It's not a race. It's it's a race to the bottom, effectively. But a three-horse race to a two on Saturday, hasn't it? And Newcastle have just got to make sure they've got to probably at least pick up another couple of wins in these nine games. You maybe think they might have to they might have to do a little bit more than that, but they've just got to do enough to be safe. Yeah, I think I think they do need do potentially need three wins. But again, you're also hoping that Fulham or. Fulham are worse. Now, let's be honest, the only reason why Newcastle aren't in the bottom three is because Fulham have, have lost, the last two, uh, lost the last two, you know. Uh, I, do, I, I don't see where, where the club goes from here. You know, you just hope that Wilson and St. Maximum coming back hopefully for the for the Spurs game maybe just, you know, gives it a little spur of life and it gives fans something positive about, uh, to be positive about in a performance. Uh, but even going to performances now, as much as we all want to see a team that's playing well and getting results. We're in a position now where they just need to they just need to get results. It doesn't matter about the performance now, they just they just need to do it. And that's where maybe where you look to bring the likes of you, Andy Carroll and, and Dwight Galen. Um but something's something's got to change. Uh, and ultimately I don't think Steve Bruce is the man to to change that. As I say, these times has run its course and I worry the fact that he is in he well looks like he's gonna be in the job at the end of the season and for me that almost just seals uh, Newcastle's fate and then looking a bit ahead of that if Steve Bruce is in charge for, for next season for the for the championship season then really can you see Newcastle coming straight back up uh, definitely not but obviously that that's a further issue that hopefully we don't have to worry about in a couple of months time we hoped last week when I, when I signed off from, from the Mouth of the Time podcast that, that it would be a much more positive finish and uh, a more positive note this week but unfortunately it isn't i've got to say thank you to everybody out there for for tuning in you can find this at the usual places acast google podcasts spotify etc thanks for tuning in cheers mm-hmm.